just want to read a scripture to you. I'm not going to be long today. We're going to jump into a just amazing documentary documentation of all the awesome things that have happened this week at Love Week. But I do want to jump into the word just for a minute to set us up. Are you glad you're here? I'm glad you're here. I want to welcome you. Uh, those of you who might be visiting, my name is Brent. I'm uh, the senior pastor here, but there are many pastors and it's just a great team uh, that we get to work together with. And then there's also a bunch of you watching online. I want to say hello to you. We've got some snowbirds that have already flown away and you're warm in Orlando or wherever you are. It's cool, whatever. If you have a Bible, turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, famous verse, John 3.16. If you don't have it, or if you don't have a Bible, we've got some awesome folks with red shirts that have been serving you all morning. Just slip your hand up, we'll give you that. That's our free gift to you if you don't have a Bible of your own. John 3, verse 16. Really quick, while you're turning there, I'll give you a second to turn to John 3.16. Everyone say next, or two weeks from now. Yeah. Hey, way to to keep up there. I even changed the, the word. Two weeks from now is baptism weekend. All right. Baptism weekend is one of the most significant things we do around here. We do it three, four times a year. And it's the time where people who have either recently put their faith in Jesus, or maybe you have just put this off. It's the time where you take that step and you go public with your faith. And you basically tell the world what's happened to you on the inside with this external demonstration of what's happening to you on the outside. And so we have this amazing weekend celebration called baptism weekend. Here's my plea to you. Uh, For those of you who have been baptized, try to be here that weekend as your brothers and sisters take that step so you could cheer them on. Amen? And then for those of you who have not been baptized, you know who you are. You're missing out on something that's critical in your walk with Jesus. It's not really an optional thing, and I'm not trying to get too in your face, but you need to take this step, and you need to be baptized. This isn't for us. This is for you. You need this step because it's a stake-in-the-ground moment where it just says there's no turning back. I am never the same. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. So make sure that you do this. Take that card. It should be, there should be one of these in the seat back in front of you, or if you're online, you should be able to navigate through the website. Just fill this out and drop it in a black bucket or give it to a red shirt or give it to a pastor. And we will make sure you do that. Don't put this off. Okay. Make sure you do it. If you haven't been baptized, this is your time. So, so uh, Paul says today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Today is the day. So, so make sure you fill that card out. Okay. If you don't have John three sixteen by now, you're not going to find it. Uh, John 3.16 says this, For God so loved. I love so. He didn't just love the world. He so loved it. Sounds like, it kind of sounds like a teenager, right? Like so loved it, right? Yeah. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. You won't die, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son. Here's 17. That often gets missed. It's crucial though. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's what we believe. Amen. Can we pray together? Father, we ask right now in Jesus name, as we open your word for just a minute. And as we celebrate all that you've done in and through us this week at love week, we ask Holy spirit that you'd speak to us. You'd encourage us. You'd plant your life in us, Lord, You're a living God. And when you say we can have eternal life, that's not a someday life. That's not just life after death. That's eternal. That means now. So God, would you plant eternity in us now? Would you plant your kingdom in us now? Would you bring life in our hearts right now, we pray, in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Name of names. And all God's people said, amen. Turn to two people around you and tell them God so loves you. And then you can sit down.
Well, like I said, I'm not going to be long. I only have a couple minutes today because this past week, if you're, if you're just joining us for the first time ever, we've been celebrating an annual thing we call Love Week, and we took a camera along. Pastor AJ has just he put in probably 70 hours this week, uh, just at every stop he could get to, took a camera to just document some of the awesome things that we were able to do as a church. And so I'm going to show you that video in a second, and we're going to watch that, and that's going to be the bulk of the sermon time today. So that's going to happen in just a minute. But before we jump into that, I do want to launch off of our code. We have, if you're just joining us, been journeying through a series called Code of Kings, where what we're doing is we're looking at our core essential values as a church. What what matters to us? What's our ethos? What's our code? What's our creed? What's the things, what are our values that are non-negotiable? Eternal essential. These are things that we hold with closed fists. And so we've been journeying because God's been growing our church. And so we've been journeying through these things at this point in our history to make sure that we keep the main things, the main things. Amen. That, that although there's so much that changes in our world and there's a lot that changes in our church, there are some things that must never change. And so these are the things that we've been talking about for the last several weeks. And can you believe it? We're at week number seven. We're almost done, Code of Kings. And so here we are at week number seven. And just to catch you up, week number one was this idea that we live for the king and kingdom, that we are part of a greater reality under the authority of King Jesus. Week two, we talked about this, that when we build our lives, we build it on the... Oh, gosh, Lord, Lord. All online, YouTube channel, everything. We got it. So go back. We build our lives on the on the word, yeah, on the word of God, on the authority of the scripture, on, on the God, on the fact that God can speak to us and in us, and we submit ourselves to the authority of God's word. Week three, we said, as we build our lives, we embrace and we expect this to actually make our lives be a little bit peculiar in this world. We talked about this reality that we are decidedly different. We've made a decision to be different and be okay with that. That there are things that just aren't going to fit in this world nice and neat and tidy. And some of you have found that out in your life uh, even recently. And then week four we said that now we're not on our own. We do all of this by the... By the power... Yeah, okay. By the Spirit. Yes. By the power of the Spirit. Good. We do it by the Spirit of God working in and through us. Then week five, we talked about this, that we don't just believe God works in us, but he works through us. And we are people who pray big, giant, bold prayers because we believe our God is still working miracles, that he still answers prayer. And so we we just bet the farm and we pray big prayers because we believe our God is a big God. Amen. So we talked about the reality of being prayerfully faith-filled, that we are quick to pray, we ask big, and we trust God with the results. Amen. And then last week we talked about this idea of being radically generous, not just once in a while, but actually living this lifestyle of radical, consistent, practical generosity, that it's who we are, that we constantly, out of the overflow of the love of God in us, it flows through us in generosity. And so this week we land, and it's also connected, these are all connected in sequence, and we land here at number seven, and it is this concept of this, love the world, love the world. This is a core value that needs to be stated because if you're like me, sometimes you have this drift inward. I love myself. Or if you're, if we're like a lot of churches, which we fight this propulsion too, compulsion, that there's a, there's a propensity in churches to drift inward and we become self-focused. But the actual value that we're saying that we want to hold fast to is a value that we love this world. We love the world tangibly. We love the world. Here's the qualifying statement. It says it like this. 
We serve a king whose extravagant love for this world compels us to engage it, not escape it. That's so good. Let me say it again. I, I can say that because this is a group effort. This wasn't just me writing that. There's a whole bunch of us. It was a collaboration. We serve a king whose extravagant love for this world compels us to engage it, not escape it. We serve a king who just, he so loves this world, and so our response to his love is to take his love in kind and love this world like he loves this world. We love this world. We engage this world. We move towards it. We don't dismiss it. We engage it. We don't excuse ourselves. We don't hide away, but we actually step towards the world. Can I get an amen? That's who we are as a church. We move towards the world. Now, you may not have been taught this. Those of you who might have grown up in some Christian traditions, you might have been taught that the church is actually like this separation from the world, which in some ways we talked about being decidedly different. It is. But in practical living, we're actually not called to excuse ourselves from this world. We're not, taught, we're not called to escape this world. We're actually called to be sent into this world just like Jesus. We are actually set apart to engage this world just like Jesus. And then for a lot, for far too many churches and in far too many uh, congregations, the, the actual propensity is not to build bridges into the world, but to actually build walls. And our goal is, because we have to fight this, this isn't natural, this is something that God does in us, but our goal is to build bridges into this world to show the love of God everywhere. That's what this value is, to, to fight the drift inward and reflect the heart of God. Do you know something that God loves this world? I think sometimes like you read things like John 3.16 and it just slips by because maybe you have a mental image of God as the old man in the cloud with the long beard and he's far away and he's, he's got a smiter stick to keep people in line and he's at the end of the day just going to destroy this whole thing. Like some of you may have been taught that or maybe that's the idea of a caricature of God in your mind, but that is not the, the picture the Bible paints of God. The Bible paints a picture of God who loves this world lavishly and radically. From the beginning, he loved it. If you read Genesis, it talks about the fact that God created everything. And it said on the seventh day, he rested and he saw all that he had made and he said it was very good. Amen. He loved it. He loves this world. Think about that. Like That changes everything, doesn't it, when you think about this world as God's creation. That God Almighty put intention and design, and passion, and ingenuity into this world. God loves this world that he created. Jesus even backed this up. Jesus one time was asked, you know, what's, what's the father like? What's he like? What's the kingdom like? And Jesus said, well, I'll tell, you a, I'll tell you an example through a parable. He told three parables. He said, God views the world kind of like a, a shepherd who lost one sheep. And although he had a hundred, he lost one sheep. And he left the whole herd to go find that one because he loved that one so much. Or Jesus said, no, maybe you'll understand it like this. Uh, it's like a woman who had a precious coin in her home and she could not find it. And so she turned the home upside down trying to find that one coin because she loved it so much. And then he said, maybe this will help you. And he said, it's like a father who had two sons. And he had one son who came to him one day and said, Father, I want my inheritance. You can die. You're dead to me. I don't want anything to do with you. And the son left and just squandered all of his inheritance. And then in a moment of realization and revelation, he repented and he turned back to the father only to find that the father was already running out to him and embraced him. No questions asked. 
That's what the father sees in this world. He loves the world. He loves the prodigals. He loves the lost sheep. He loves the lost coin. That is who our God is. Amen. Aren't you thankful that God loves the prodigals? Because you were a prodigal at one point. God loves this world. He so loves it, he sent his son. I love Paul. He writes in Romans 8 that, you know, once in a while you'll see someone die for another person, usually someone of great worth, a child or someone righteous. But he says, very rarely will you see someone who will die for someone who is unrighteous. But he says, but God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. How amazing is that? God loves the world. He loves everybody in this world. He loves this creation. Jesus loves this world. Jesus was the one who gave himself for us on our behalf on the cross. They they actually called Jesus a friend of sinners. The Pharisees, they hated Jesus because he was always going into places that you shouldn't go. And he's hanging out with people that you shouldn't hang out with. Jesus was a friend of sinners. They called him a drunkard, a drunkard and a glutton because he was around people like that. Because he was going into the world compelled by love. And so we, the church, just to wrap this whole thing up, we want to respond in kind. Did you know that Jesus sent the church into the world? Sometimes you've been fed a bill that salvation means you, you pray a prayer in God and he's going to evacuate you to heaven. No, you pray a prayer in God. He gives you the gift of eternal life now and forever. And he sets you on mission in this world to demonstrate the love and authority of King Jesus. That is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 28, he gave the great commission, we call it. And he said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said in Acts 1.8, he said that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, not just certain types of people, not just people who agree with what we believe. You'll tell people about me everywhere. Baptizing them into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We love the world. We at King's Church are a church that loves this world. We fight the inward drift. That's why we do things like Love Week. And that's why we do it regularly. I I, I confess to you, coming into this year's Love Week, I had to like take a deep breath and remind myself, no, we must do this. Even if, you know, on a year where people are already financially committed because of our move campaign, even then we need to do this regularly because if we don't, we are going to drift inward and get self-focused. And that is the death sentence of a church. That's why churches stop growing is because they stop going, is they stop reaching, they stop heading out. And that's not who I want to be. That's not who you want to be. That is not who we are as a church. So that's why we do things like Love Week. We intentionally demonstrate the love of God by engaging this world, by building bridges, not barriers. Paul says it like this, and I'm going to just give us this scripture and then we're going to watch this incredible video. Paul kind of summarizes it like this, and he says to the Corinthians, and I believe just take this, he says it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for, can you say it out loud? Themselves. Yeah. But for him who died for them and was raised again. The love of Christ compels us. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
Now that us does not mean us pastors, us preachers. That means us believers have the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore, I love this, Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. Everybody say, wow. Hey, Austin, that sounded really cool, actually. As if God was making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We love the world because we are being Christ's ambassadors, calling people to be reconciled to God. And that's what we did all week with Love Week. It's no strings attached, but we have all kinds of hope on it, don't we? We hope that every act of kindness, every act of service, every dollar given, we hope that it points somebody to the reality of King Jesus and they too would be reconciled to God. That's why we give. Amen? So I'm going to just turn it over. In just a second, we're going to watch this video. And just ask the Holy Spirit to give you eyes deeper than what you even see here. And it's amazing what you did this week, church. So we're going to watch some of it. We could not capture all of it. One thing that really blessed me and blew me away like never before this year, on an individual basis, so many of you just took this to the next level. There were just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people doing their own thing in the name of Jesus, showing the love of, the love of Christ to the world. And it was incredible to watch. Now we've got just a snip of what happened last week, but I hope you enjoy this, and I hope the Lord blesses you as we watch. Let's check it out. 